Hello, and welcome to the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. I'm really excited to welcome a freaking really amazing drummer, actually, that I met this past year. His name is Jake Reed. He can be found on Instagram at Jake Reed Music, and that's R-E-E-D. He's also in a band here in LA, a jazz band with his wife. Uh, They're called Trio Kate, and it's incredible music. He's an incredible drummer, and I'm so stoked that I got to meet him about, I think it was probably maybe November. Yeah, one of my goals this year was to release some new music, and he was the drummer on the couple tracks, and he actually... There's another song he played drums on for me, but I just I haven't had the time to get to it yet, but that's sort of next on my list after I finish writing my book. But he's he's really cool, and he's really talented. And if you're looking for drums on a song, if you're in a band, or if you live anywhere around the world, he is definitely worth checking out. And the amazing thing about technology is, is that you can live anywhere, and he'll do the drums in his studio in Pasadena, which, by the way, is an incredible... His studio, re- it's, it's totally legit. Amazing sounds, amazing drums, snares, percussion. It's got everything. And so if you live in, like, freaking <laughs> um, Africa and you need some drums, he will do them, and then he can just email it to you. And, and that's what's pretty amazing about technology. So... Um, yeah, I just, it was really awesome talking to him. I, I just, I love talking to other musicians and just sort of hear their story, how they got into music. You know, I can, I can pretty much geek out on music all day. I just, I love talking about music. And I think the, the conversation, to be honest, it really sort of captured the essence that I'm going for when it comes to my show. I mean, I want, I want artists, I want people to know about really cool artists that I know. And I want to hear their story because I just don't think, you know, I don't think we talk much anymore. And I don't think we have a lot of platforms where artists can really sort of share their story. So the first half of the conversation is really, um, we get to know them and it's really cool. And I, but I think the, the back half of the show, we really get into social media and talk about the impact of it. And I think I was really impressed and thankful how willing he was to share his story and how Instagram really impacts his life. I think, you know, it, it's sort of this thing that overhangs, it's like this dark cloud over a lot of people. And I think a lot of people, specifically artists, have a hard time understanding what to do with it. I mean, I think if we had our druthers, we would just be playing our instrument or writing a book or playing a guitar all day and not really worry about Instagram. But it feels as though as artists, we have to be very um, present on the platform and it's tiresome and it's confusing. And it feels like you don't necessarily, you don't necessarily have to be really talented anymore, um, but you have to be really clever at figuring out how to use Instagram. But a lot of artists are such introverts that they don't really know how to talk about themselves. It's, it's a very confusing um platform, I think, for artists to sort of figure out. So I was really appreciative that he is very honest about his struggles with the platform. So uh, it was just really, it was really cool to have him on the show and talk about music, hear about where he's coming from, and then talk about this, this, this strange thing called Instagram and sort of how to deal with it all. So um, yeah, so just really stoked that Jake took the time to talk with me. Again, he can be found on Instagram at Jake Reed Music. 
He's in a band here in LA called Trio Kate. It's, it's a jazz band. And I'm serious. If you're in a band or a musician, singer, songwriter, and you're looking for some drums or looking for a drummer to play on your track, definitely hit him up. And as always, I, I, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to the show. If you dig it, please tell people about it. That stuff really helps. Head on over to iTunes or Google and write a review for the show or give it a five stars. Um, it's just that stuff really means a lot and it really helps get the show heard by even more people. So, um, yeah, that's it. So again, Jake Reed, a drummer here in Los Angeles. I hope you enjoy listening to the conversation because I, I really dug it. It was super cool and super fun to talk to him about music. And as always, thank you so much for being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. You're One, like, two. Are you sure you're a drummer? I think you're more of a vocalist. I know. Well, I've been, you know, I work on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how was it getting over here? It was all right. Yeah. It was a little bit of traffic. Totally it's cool. Crazy. It's only 11 o'clock. I'm used to it. I wear my traffic shirt. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> going to have to get a photo of that. Where are you from? I'm from Kansas City, originally. Did you but did you go to music school in Texas? I did not. My wife did. That's what she it is. She went to North okay, Texas. Got it. With the, which is also where Tim Kobza went, which is how we met. Okay, got it. Uh, yeah. No, I went to school. I went to undergrad in Cincinnati at the conservatory. That's one there. of the that's one of the music schools. Mm-hmm. There's probably I feel like there's five or six that are pretty well known in America. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah, there's like, you know, Juilliard, right. Manhattan School, USC, which okay. is where I did, you know, grad school. Okay, so you, you specifically came out here um, to go to USC Music Grad School. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. got it. When did, when was that sort of like a, a thing that you were thinking about doing? Kind of right as I was wrapping up undergrad, I was kind of thinking like, what's my next move? And I was thinking, well, where do I even want to be? Right. You know, I could stay here. I could go back to... Kansas City. Yeah. I could go to New York, which, you know, also has a great music scene. But was there, like, what's... Um... Well, the main the main reason is there's a great drummer out here, uh, this guy, Peter Erskine. He's, I mean, he's like one of my idols. And okay. has been since, you know... Interesting. Since I was a young... Like, since I was in high school, basically. Yeah. Um. And I wanted to study with him. I wanted to learn from him. And okay. he teaches at USC. Okay. So, so. It's, well, it's funny because I actually started out, um, well, I don't want to say started out, but I played piano when I was three and then I picked up the drums when I was 12. So I played drums for like six, seven years. And I, I, I was really sick as a kid. So I loved the drums because it really sort of any anger or frustration that I had. I just would like learn Van Halen songs and, right. and all the sort of the 80s like hair bands that I just for Amazing. hours I would play. And I'm just curious sort of how you got into drumming. What, how was that sort of, how did that become your outlet? And That's obviously your creative, my father played drums, uh, when he was in high school. Okay. And so when, when I was really young, I mean, obviously he was not in high school when I was really young, but <laughs> right. There were drumsticks around and okay. So I would kind of play on things and, 
Like from a very, pro- like under the age of five kind of a thing? Yeah, but I was just like kind of, I didn't, I was just hitting things with drumsticks. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know, as I got a little older, like MTV, yeah, like '90s MTV, like when they still played music videos, was kind of a a big thing. That's the funny thing that MTV used to be really inspiring for me. It just like Def Leppard, Michael Jackson, just yeah, the whole idea of music videos and and seeing the band. It sort of was like our first glimpse at at image, I guess. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I don't which know. Is, I, I just find that which interesting. Which kind of leads into where we're probably going today, but yeah. yeah. No, I just... With video and yeah, just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Visual stimulation. But yeah. Because um, I know I'm probably a little older than you. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But, but, but for I, me, so, so, it, I was like super into... But MTV was still a thing for you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like Green Day, Nirvana. Those were like some like early like Radiohead. Okay. Super into that stuff as a kid. Yeah. Smashing Pumpkins. Like all those bands, Soundgarden, all those bands early on. Okay. I would see them on MTV and, you know, yeah, see Matt Cameron playing right. on television. <laughs> well, it's so funny because I listened to... The Soundgarden had a new record that came out yesterday, the the Live from the Artist's Den. Wow. Uh, yeah. Did not know it, that. What's so interesting is that, you know, Chris has been, he's passed away, I think a couple of years ago now. Yeah. And they're really still pumping out music. Just uh, whoever's involved with their catalog. Yeah. Um, they're still really engaged in making sure music keeps coming out. So I actually went to the show at the Will Turn like four years ago. And that show is what's being blasted out on Spotify and iTunes now and live wow. from the air. So I was listening to Matt Cameron. I've always been a huge Pearl Jam and Soundgarden fan. Yeah. Uh, because he ultimately was the drummer in Pearl Jam after they uh, got rid of their one drummer. But I was just sort of curious what... For me as a kid, Alex Van Halen was just sort of like my idol. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just sort of... when I when, love Alex Van Halen too. Yeah. I didn't... I mean, I guess I had listened to Van Halen because he, he was just... It was always on the radio. Yeah. You know, rock the rock station or whatever. But I never really knew his name until someone was like, you know, that's like Eddie Van Halen's brother, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I was always into those types of bands. My grandmother got me into, she was like, here, check out this Buddy Rich album. So, you know, I got super into jazz that way. Okay. Like all the jazz drummers kind of from that that angle. Yeah. Grandma, so... Well, it makes sense for me to play a song from, you did bring up jazz, and I think your main project right now is, is Trio Kate? Is yeah. That, okay. And yeah. it's it's, it's Which weird. is my wife's band, Kate. Okay. Is her name. But yeah, so this, it's funny, I responded, I, I hear sort of a Ben Folds thing going on, by the way, by the way she plays. Really? Has she ever heard that before? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, she's heard Ben Folds. I don't know if she's ever heard the Ben Folds influence, though. Interesting. No, just, the, it's very, it's got this... Uh, free-flowing Tori Amos Ben folds but then has the jazz thing underneath wow it, that's cool which is really interesting I just maybe I would, she has heard that I mean I she, don't know she gets you know people write to her and she doesn't tell me half the stuff that people yeah. yeah 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 so well I, I don't, that's that's cool to know and I don't know if there's some irony here but the song that I responded to because everybody's taking their clothes off on Instagram these days I actually really dug the song nude oh great <laughs> yeah so that actually the story behind that title is uh wait i dang it i'm gonna screw this up now Uh uh-oh so the song wasn't originally called nude 
It was called New. That's what it was called. It was called okay. New N E W. Okay. And the engineer misheard it when we were recording it. He's like, <laughs> "Hey, Kate, what's the name of this song?" Oh, it's called New. And he's like, "What nude?" And so he just so called he it. He changed the name of the song. Yeah, and we thought it was so funny, we just left it. But it sort of, you know, it sort of is nude. Kind of goes along with the name or yeah. the. The sound of the, the song. vibe of the song. Yeah, well, let's play it, or I'm going to play it right now. It's uh, from the band Trio Kate, and the record's called Trio Kate Two. Is that fair? Is that the right? Yes, it is. Okay, so it's called Trio Kate Two. Mm-hmm. Song's called Nude.
Yeah, I, but she plays incredibly. Thank I mean, you. It's, yeah. What's her name again? Kate. Kate Dunton. Kate, Kate Dunton. And she spells it K A I T. K A I T. Okay. So well, for all you listeners out there, yeah, right. <laughs> Um, but the band is called Trio Kate. Yeah. Okay. And then Cooper's the uh, bass player on the record. Yeah. Cooper Appelt. Yeah. No. There's just a really. It's it's so interesting. It's just it's got this combination of fluidity, spontaneity, but it also is it's tight. Yeah. And I think that's really. Did you guys record that uh, live? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we maybe rehearsed once. Wow. To kind of get stuff together and. Um, yeah, I think that was probably like. That was like the second or third take. We just do it live, and whichever one we like best, we just keep yeah. that one. <laughs> and, and, and she's classically trained. Yeah, she started, I think she was like four or something like that, taking lessons. Wow. So Yeah. And you guys are, are you guys making some new music right now? Because this record came out, I think, a couple years ago. Yeah. So yeah, she's writing some new, new stuff, and hopefully we'll get to hear some of that soon. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're always working on... The other thing is, you know, we're freelance musicians, so we end right. up working on other people's music a lot. So. Yeah. Well, I want to. Um, curious though. So, Thanks. so you ultimately went to college to keep pursuing music, but before that, were you in bands and? Were yeah. You- oh yeah. Well, throughout high school, you know, I had a garage rock band that. Right. We would sort of try to play covers of stuff and yeah. write, write our own stuff, which was yeah. fun, and played played in the jazz band and the concert band okay. high school marching band all that kind so of so you were just stuff. so yeah on. and i was like super into classical percussion you know like learning mallet instruments oh, so cool. i was trying i was really from a from a, an early age trying to be well-rounded yeah because i was told that's what i had to do <laughs> well like well who told like your dad told you that yeah or you know like teachers would say you know it's really important to be a well-rounded musician and they were right yeah totally right and especially in los angeles it's like that's what I do now is I do so many different, I get to play so many different types of music. Yeah, I think it's really important. I, first of all, Tim, a mutual friend of ours, introduced me to you just because I decided to write some new music this year finally. And I was just, you know, I think it's so easy to just do like this. I know we we probably passed this phase, but it was often, especially in 2000s, just to do the snare hi-hat thing. And that never really interested me. I was always really impressed by people that can use the toms in interesting ways. Like Grizzly Bear, I've always been really impressed. Love that band. Yeah, I'm just really impressed by how they incorporate percussion. And I was really, and and I remember I've been through drummers before and they just don't quite get it. Mm -hmm. And then I've been through other drummers like Adam who really gets it. And then Tim responded or referred me to you, and you clearly get get it that it's not just about snare and there's just a lot of creativity to it, and you play the song, right? Thank you. Yeah, though that's yeah. I think that a lot of that comes from kind of both worlds. It comes from jazz, from my my jazz background, and from the rock background. It's kind right. of a, it's a combination of both. Um, I I had this teacher. He's a great drummer, this guy named Jeff Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And like one thing I learned from him, you know, when we were talking about playing drum solos. Right. Is, you know, it's really easy as a drummer to just kind of go crazy on the drums, right? Yeah. And just kind of play whatever because we're playing a non-pitched instrument. We can just kind of go nuts. But he always said, you know, you should play the song that you're playing. 
Yeah. You know, whatever tune you happen to be playing, like if it's a jazz standard or whatever, and you have to play a drum solo, play that tune. Right. That's probably got to be really hard, though, I imagine. I, I'm just, for whatever reason, I'm yeah, thinking about well, the drummer from Rush, and he just... Right. But in a weird but way, he's a, playing the song. Yeah, and that's and that's a bit of a different thing. You know, that's... He's coming up with parts. Right. And, like, very specific beats. And, you know, Neil Peart also, like, wrote most of those songs. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he okay. wrote a lot of that music. So he's even in there on a different level, but with the jazz thing, it's more interpretive, right? So it's sort yeah. of like your interpretation of in that moment. Right. Um, did you ever improvising? You did know. you ever, were you in situations though before where you remember just you were overplaying and, Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And what, like when did, you, when was the process? I mean, was, was people calling you out or was it just something you sort of picked up on your own or how did you realize that, you know, you clearly have the chops, but it's more about sort of controlling it and knowing when to sort of. Right. Know, well, some back. of that's getting called out. Yeah. Or not getting called back for, for certain gigs. Oh, interesting. You know? Yeah. Um, or taking lessons with people like Peter that I really respected. And there's some, there's a, some other great drummers in town who I've gotten together with over the years. And they're just like, well, why'd you play that thing right there? You didn't need to play that. It doesn't need to be in there. And it's like, Oh, well, why is, well, it doesn't, it's not part of the song, you know? Yeah. So, but that's for song drumming, you know, like one of the greatest song drummers. When I say song, I mean, someone who really plays for the song, in my opinion is Ringo Starr. Yeah. You know, the way that he is able to come up with such a specific part, drum part for every, like listen to any Beatles song that he played on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of it's, you know, Paul but yeah listen to Ringo on like any Beatles song it's it's pretty amazing interesting what he's able to come up with and how it just somehow fits to in such a way where you're just like you couldn't imagine anything else being played on that song and so you come out to USC to keep going to music school mm -hmm. specifically for yeah. drums and yeah. you've just you've stayed out here yeah and I've been out here a little over well, I guess 11 years now let me ask you did you cause I feel like there was a shift that started to happen where program drums became really popular and I feel like I mean I don't know if you look at the, a pie of, of drums <laughs> in, the, in in popular music now I mean, what percentage is live drums? What percentage is program drums? Did you and did you ever feel as though your career was sort of at risk, or did you get did you actually teach yourself how to program drums? It's kind of two questions, but that's a yeah, that's a really good question. I would say I feel <laughs> in a way I feel lucky that I'm kind of a little too young to really know what it was like to uh have to to be like kind of out of work because of a drum machine hmm. uh, some of the older musicians i talked to in town who are they're like in their 60s now who are who were working in back in the 80s right you know when drum machines really came on um they a lot of them were scared at that time drummers yeah, yeah. especially but a few really smart drummers 
figured out how to program the drum machines, right? right? And that kept them employed. Do you know how to program drums? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, for the, well, now there's so many different ways to do it, but right. You know, I have, I have like a little, um, like Roland TR eight, which has like an eight Oh eight and a nine Oh nine. Right. And I think it has a seven Oh seven too. Just has like, you know, three ba- really basic drum machines. Right. Um, and now, you know, in logic and all these other programs, there's, there's so many ways to create loops and yeah. program things. But I under, you know, I, I early on understood the concept of it. Right. Um, I just, I feel like, um, there's a, what I like, I like when there's a sort of a mix of programmed and live drum. And I'm the same way. Yeah. I, some, some drummers, I think they're like purists and they're like, well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hear this drum machine thing, but it's like, I like that stuff. And I, I was born in the eighties and I love that music from that era. Right. That is a lot of it is drum machines or, um, or it's people sounding like drum machines. Right, right, right. You know? Yeah. And I think that it, it's sort of, at least from my perspective and analyzing yeah. <laughs> music history or pop music history. Right. For a while, it was like only the drum machine, right? In the 80s. Right. And then in the 90s, it became like, okay, well, we have a real drummer in our band, but let's put this like drum machine loop sort of like in the background. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, you. I mean, you hear... Listen to like any hit from like post grunge nineties. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> There's like a drum loop that's kind of just happening in the background, right? And then the drummer comes in, you know, like on the chorus or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now it's like kind of the like now you hear so much pop music that's all programmed drums, and then maybe the producer's like, "Well, we just want this to sound more human." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that you get a real drummer in. And maybe, so now it's like the program drums are at the forefront of the song. And like in the background is a real human playing, right. playing a drum loop. Yeah. That's like a live drum loop. So it's kind of, it's kind of shift. It's like swapped, swapped places, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm curious about, there's something about creativity where it's, um, it's not mathematical, but drumming is often sort of mathematical. Right. Yeah. In some respects, it has to be. So yeah. I'm just, do you ever, and you went to music school. I'm just wondering sometimes, and I've had this experience with people that I've worked with who've gone to music school where they get so analytical about like BPMs and measures and, and it can sometimes be challenging for me to sort of communicate stuff to them because I didn't go to music school and I just want them to sort of just like feel something. Totally. Do, do you know? Yeah. Do, do you ever? So, right on. Yeah. Um, I've definitely spent a lot of time in that analytical headspace, like really, you know, understanding how rhythm works, right. and how harmony works, and how song structures work. And and some of it's not even pop music. You know, a lot of it's jazz or right. I I had to do a lot of like classical music analysis yeah so i spent so much time sort of in that like super left brain world right if you call if you want to call it that at the same time i was spending a lot of time playing gigs and just playing with singer songwriters people who knew nothing about 
like what a C7 chord is. They just right. they just know that if they put their fingers in this shape on the guitar, it makes this sound. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not saying one's better than the other, but Total, no, neither am I. Yeah. But, but my totally. point is, for me, it it was always still about the feeling that someone's trying to get across, right? right and right. that's really what it's about. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's like, I hate using that term. Why did I say that at the end of the day? Well, we Uh, we can leave it. (laughs) No, you can leave it. Leave it in. Leave it in. Um, But my point is the, like all the analysis stuff kind of doesn't matter in a, in a way. Right. Yeah. Um, But it does come in handy because sometimes I'll have, I'll be working for someone and they're like, they have this drum loop in there. That's like very perfect. And, um, they're going to keep it in there. Yeah. And they just want me to add stuff on top of it. Right. So Similar like, to the stuff we've done. Yeah. Right. So I, I've i spent, spent so much time working on playing exactly with a drum loop, you know, Yeah, that I can get pretty close. I mean, I'm not... <laughs> nobody's human right <laughs> right 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 no. is that hard though to play on top of a on top of a loop is that strange to hear uh well i think part of it is it's just listening you know it's just yeah. like anything else to really play in a band successfully you have to listen to everyone else you're playing with right so the only difference is the loop is not listening back to you yeah right, right <laughs> so you right. just have to you have to really pay attention to where that loop or whatever it is you're playing with yeah anything that's programmed and a lot of times that's how music gets recorded now is like and sometimes the drums are the last thing to go on the track yeah really you know and it's like in some some ways that's really cool in some ways that's not really cool because the drums are supposed to be the foundation right right so everyone's usually listening to the drummer for where the beat is yeah but if you're the drummer adding in your drum parts last after like the guitar player, the bass player, the singer, everyone's already done their parts. Yeah. Then you somehow have to like overlay this like yeah. thing that's supposed to be the foundation. Right, right, right. Does that makes sense. Yeah, so, definitely. Cause it's true. You know, when as a singer songwriter, we always record the drums first, then it, right. And you're typically playing like with a scratch vocal and like a scratch keyboard part or something. Yeah. And the whole idea is, you know, you can lay down your drum part and make it feel really good. And then everyone can lock their parts in to you later, yeah. like when they replace the scratch part. Well, how does that feel for you? I mean, it's weird. Like, that's got to be it's totally sh- weird. I mean, still my favorite way to play is to record live with everyone. Right. Because right? it, it always feels better that way. Yeah. You know, well, I'm, tr- I'm kind of almost I'm thinking of an actor in a weird sort of way, like against a green screen, like you're supposed to sort of perform and imagine like Godzilla is about to eat you or something or just yeah. and per- some sometimes it, it's acting it totally is yeah and and so I have to have these conversations either with the singer songwriter or if there's a producer right where I'm like hey so I know I'm playing with this demo right now but what else is going to go on this song like are there are there going to be huge like is there going to be an orchestra like strings or is there going to be like a horn section? Right. Are there going to be like layers and layers of screaming guitars over this? Cause that all sort of informs how I'm going to play. Definitely. You know, and the choices I'm going to make down to like, how am I going to tune the drums? What symbols should I use? Cause some symbols, if you know, if there's going to be like tons of guitars on something, some symbols like will get buried yeah. by all those guitars. So yeah, 
every little detail counts. Yeah. When you're when you're doing something like that. So that's why I try to get as much information as I can. Sort of like I guess sort of like an actor would. Yeah, no, know? it makes sense because you're you're really sort of creating the the landscape for other people to then do their work. Mm-hmm. And it's not always all there. So right. um, it makes it, you really sort of have to have an imagination as to sort of where this song is supposedly supposed to go. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's fun, though. Was there ever a time after college where you felt as though maybe I shouldn't become a full-time drummer or, or did you, when you graduated from school, did it, was it, you were able to get gigs right away? I mean, was it a pretty easy transition or was um, Yeah. Well, I feel lucky because I've been playing gigs since I was in high school. Wow. You know, so even throughout undergrad, like in college, I was always playing in different bands, playing gigs. Paid gigs. Yeah. Paid, That's cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Not paying very much at that point, <laughs> right. but, you know, it was enough to, you know, yeah. help pay the rent and things like that. Yeah. Um, so there was never, I don't know, I, I've never really, and I have, I, I do remember like going home. This is actually kind of a funny story. My first year of college, you know, like after that finished, I went home and I had a summer job. Right. And I worked in this warehouse, like packing, <laughs> uh-huh. pack. It was a veterinary supply warehouse in Kansas City. I think my my dad got me the job, of course, because um, he's like a salesman and he like would sell boxes to this company. That's what he yeah. does. He's a salesman. Yeah. So I like spent all day, every day, like like a nine to five job, basically. Or maybe it was nine to six. I can't remember now. But right. five days a week, packing boxes in this assembly line and then shipping them to like veterinary you know hospitals Uh all over the country and by the end of that summer i was just so over it yeah and i thought like man i never want to do this again like have a job like this where i've just you know just here i can't do anything yeah (laughs) and after that that's when i really got serious about like, I'm going to make this happen. Like, I want to play drums. I want to play music. Yeah. Um, and that so that was sort of hmm. a blessing in disguise, like having that lame job, <laughs> which yeah. I learned a lot from. I'm, I like the people that were there, but just the idea that I had to do this sort of like being a cog in the wheel in a way. Yeah. It just was not into that. And so that's when I really devoted like my whole like every waking moment to yeah. getting better at playing music. Well, I almost feel like we all sort of need a story like that to sort of um, prior, make us prioritize what's mostly important, most important in our life. Yeah. In this weird sort and of way. That did it for me. I was like, after that, I was all in. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Not I, that I wasn't before, but just, I guess, just something about that experience. Just like, I mean, I was really like unhappy by the end of that summer with that job, yeah. even though it was like cool. Cause I was making money and I was, I, you know, I was getting called for gigs that were back in Cincinnati that summer that I couldn't do. Cause I was doing this job. Oh wow. You know? And so not a, like just to add insult to injury. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like, Oh, I can't play the drums cause I'm doing this job 600 miles away. 
that I don't want to be doing. But yeah. Anyway, so that was yeah, that was a big factor for me. Yeah. Um, and I still think of that, you know, even now. It's like every day. It's like yeah, I could I could not do this. Yeah. What I'm what I'm going for right now. So it keep it kind of keeps me inspired and it keeps the urgency alive of like not ever giving up. Yeah. Even though sometimes maybe this is a good transition to, I know one thing we were going to talk about, which is social media. You yeah. know, it's like every day it's like, it's, it's hard sometimes because you see thousands of other people who are really great at their instrument or, you know, yeah. And have like more followers than you or whatever. But, um, well, do you think about that? It's hard not to, you know, yeah. in, a, in a weird way, even though it kind of doesn't matter, it it still does matter <laughs> in yeah. a weird way. But yeah, it that I do. I still think about that job from back then and just think like, man, you just got to keep going. Just keep pushing. Yeah. You know, keep trying to get better. Stay inspired. Well, how do you sort of a uh, couple of questions I'm just thinking of first of like physically it's a taxing job, I think, being a drummer. And obviously, super taxing. So, and and I thought about my ears all the time mm-hmm. because you know I was playing for years, and I I'm thank God thankful that I only lost a tiny bit of hearing in my right ear. But um, I mean, what do you do to sort of maintain your muscle strength and your joints and your ears? And and it's a taxing job, probably late gigs. So how yeah. talk about that? Um. Okay, let, where do I start? Well, okay, so I'll start with a quick story. Um, a little over a year ago. So I used to work out a lot, like in college, especially at USC, because okay. like free access to a gym. So I would go there and exercise. And then I've been out of school for uh, a while now, six years or something. Okay. And for a few years, I just sort of chilled. Like I was not doing much exercise aside from like walking around the neighborhood. Right. Yeah. And I do a lot of like reading music, you know, in addition to just playing on people's songs, you know, and when you do that, I know the listeners won't be able to see this, but you have to turn your head to the left to read the the music that's on the music stand. Oh, interesting. And so playing really loud, like hard hitting music with my head turned like that, I started to get like crazy, like really bad neck and back pain. Okay. I went and saw this, sports physician who's a friend of ours for your neck yeah yeah and she was like yeah you know the whole thing is like you just need to work out (laughs) she's like that's why your neck is in so much pain it's because you haven't like your back muscles are just not strong Hmm. and all of these muscles up here like your chest muscles are really strong from you know yeah playing and so everything's pulling forward she's like you just need to work out and you know get your get everything like kind of balanced. Yeah. And so I've been doing that for like a little over a year and like no neck pain. Wow. No, nothing. Like I feel good. I yeah. Feel great. So yeah. Well, strength well, training is no joke, especially if you're a drummer. Yeah. Well, there's a physicality and totally and to playing drums. Yeah. And, 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 and like I, I sometimes I do feel like an athlete, like at the end of the day, literally at the end of the day not just like figuratively like right. you know, at the end of the day no but <laughs> at the end of every day i'll ice my hands interesting um just to get help get the inflammation down you know if i've been playing like real hard that day even though i like i'm pretty loose when i play everything's pretty relaxed yeah but still just the 
impact of, of, of hitting a drum. You gotta, I, I ice my hands. Um, literally every day. Yeah, pretty or much almost every day. Almost every day. Yeah. Wow. Um, and that kind of helps with that, you know, just keep keeping me physically fit and yeah. like I, able to like do it again the next day. So yeah. Are, you're, I guess you're self-employed. Totally. Yeah. I mean, do you have like health insurance or how does that, uh, yeah. you, and it's like yeah. through a union of some sort through nope. musicians or no, nope. I mean, there are some, yeah. If you're one of the musicians here in town who does a lot of union work, okay, you can get health insurance, but I don't, I don't do enough of that work to, yeah. to like get health insurance through them. We just, we just pay for it. Okay. But that's, again, that's why my wife and I started working out just exercising, staying in shape because no, definitely I was just curious, you know, if, you know, as a drummer, it, there's a cool factor to being in a band and being a paid drummer, but there's also sort of some logistics and responsibilities and things that I'm sure people don't really think about. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I just, I mean, I didn't try You know, trying to make healthy choices in yeah. terms of what you're eating and, how many hours of sleep you get. Yeah. I do think about that. You were talking about the gigging aspect. Sure. And it, okay. Like if I didn't have to play late gigs all the time, I would love to get up super early. Cause I, I like getting up early and kind of doing things or exercising first thing in the morning. Yeah. But you know, certain nights of the week, if I have a super late gig that goes until like one o'clock, like tonight, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to get up at like 6am the next day. To, yeah. You know, cause for me, I would rather sleep, just get, just be rested. Definitely. That, Cause that's another thing to, to stay healthy is just to get enough sleep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think about all those things and it's kind of crazy being self-employed and like not having some company pay for your health insurance Yeah, is you are the company. So you have to, I'm constantly thinking of all of those parts, like all those just things of like, okay, stay in shape, eat healthy, get enough sleep. Cause I don't, I don't want to get sick. Yeah. You know, no, I hear you. And then be out of work. Yeah. I don't have, I don't have workers comp for myself. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. I was very impressed by your studio. Um, just your ability as a drummer, uh, having your own business out of your own home. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a real setup. It's totally legit. The sounds are amazing. Thank You've you. got like tons of different drums and snares and percussions. I mean, what advice would you give like a drummer who's 10, 15 years younger than you that wants to be a full-time, I'm making a living being a drummer, what, what advice or what have you learned where, gosh, I wish I could have done that or just things that you could pass on? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a big question. Um, I guess the first thing is just keep your ears open, like listen to lots and lots of music. Yeah. That's the biggest part. Uh, and then play your instrument all the time, play the drums all the time. It goes for any instrument. You want to be an amazing guitar player, just play your instrument all the time. Um, but also understand the context of what you're doing. What do you mean? Like, are you, are you just trying to like, are you, are you trying to be like some virtuosic dude? Like learn your instrument, but 
you know, understanding when not to like just play a guitar solo <laughs> yeah. over yeah. over someone's song. Just little things like that. Um But yeah, just staying staying open, you know. Yeah. Always practice different things, things that are challenging. Yeah. Practice I, you know, the other thing, even more importantly, is practice things that are really simple. Hmm. I think um it's easy now with all there's so much information out there. Yeah. On how to do any of these things, on how to play the drums, how to play any instrument, yeah. how to record yourself. God, like the home home studio thing. Here's how you record this. Yeah. Like there's so many um, tutorial sort of videos on that stuff. Yeah. But how did you go from, I mean, you, how did you know what to buy and mics and preamps? That's a great and, question. I mean, a lot of it is, again, we're super fortunate to live here. Yeah. In LA, which is sort of like the recording capital of the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, not that there, I mean, there are other, like Nashville's amazing. Sure. New York has great studios. Everywhere has great studios, right? Um, but so something that I've done over the years, and I've been doing it, I don't know, probably like seven or eight years, I've had some sort of home recording setup, which I guess is not really that long. But I I have lots of friends who are, really talented engineers who are really smart engineers who understand how sound works and mm. how how different microphones work and how they respond to drums. Yeah. So I I ask lots of questions which I guess is another piece of advice I would give to younger drummers or someone who's trying to be a professional musician. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. I think the one great, well, there's many, but the cool thing, you know, home studios have taken over the world. And, you know, for under $10,000, you can get, you know, a computer, monitor, good mic, couple preamps. I mean, probably like six, $7,000, $8,000. Yeah. But the cool thing, you really still, to record drums just for many reasons, be it, you know, sound, neighbors, There, I feel like there will always be a market to have a good sounding drummer being able to record drums. Um, totally. So totally. I, I mean, are you, did you think about that or I did? And yeah, there are some drummers who I really respect who have, who are, who have really gotten it. Like one of them is Aaron Sterling. He's an amazing drummer. Okay. And, and he play, you know, he's like touring with John Mayer right now, but okay. Amazing drummer. He's played on tons of, hit songs and a lot of it he does write in his house which yeah. is crazy to think about right i mean we would never have said that 20 years ago or maybe yeah. even yeah 20 years ago like, you know that that someone like recorded the drums to this song in their house and it's like on a grammy winning r- album it sounds yeah. so good you know yeah. Oh, it's definitely a long process. It is. Of, like, your studio now seems so well done, but I'm sure that was a few years. That's meant, well, yeah. I mean, that's, again, we're talking like seven years of, yeah, or, or, or so about, of just like trial and error every day or, yeah, you know, oh, maybe I should get this microphone because it's a little bit better for this specific thing. Um, or I should get these like preamps. Blah blah blah, gear gear gear. Like it's kind of a rabbit hole, right? Yeah. I'm but sure. I guess the the ultimate thing though is, it doesn't matter how much gear you have if, if you're not very good at your instrument, right? So right. You, 
like I still have, I'm still constantly trying to improve at just playing. Yeah. You know, now I guess tastes have changed and recording techniques have changed over the years. So we have to be versatile and understand like how to mic stuff close, you know, how to put a microphone like right up on a snare drum. Yeah. Or like right up on a tom tom. Again, it's like being versatile, right? It's not yeah. only being versatile with how you play, but it's how you record what you play. last segment for the show um and by the way you you really are and really talented and i was so impressed by not only the way you play but just working with you and and the setup at your studio it's comfortable the sounds are great the the selection of drums and percussion and um no and this will eventually connect with the social media thing but you know knowing when to focus on your craft knowing when to focus on sort of the technical the technicalities of of creating a cool studio and that's sort of why i think social media is having such an impact because it is sort of like you know you only have 24 hours in a day and i really do believe people aren't focusing on their craft like they used to because that fucking cell phone sort of takes over your life and 100%, it, and it yeah. makes people feel as though they need to be doing that and looking cool and creating a persona and, I, and, and whatever. And ultimately, I do feel like the virtuosos, I'm sure they're out there. I mean, I'm, I'm not at USC right now walking around. But even so, I'm sure they're dealing with the struggles of having to look at the phone. And I, I do think it's having an impact on the creative landscape of our culture um, because we're all humans and it does make us feel like we need to be on there. So, you know, how do you juggle? And I, and I know you sort of kind of got through, I mean, was social media happening when you went to college? I feel like the last five years, it's really taken yeah, off. It's kind of like exponentially exploded yeah so, so um so like what are your yeah, thoughts first just, of all on what i you know my yeah, my theories and then how yeah, do you deal with it you brought up a lot of great points just now i don't know how many of your listeners will remember this because <laughs> I, I actually i don't know a lot about the demographics of of your listeners like age groups and stuff but when facebook first started right it was like facebook and myspace and all that stuff but oh when, yeah myspace but, right <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that thing no I remember, but yeah but when the face, creepy thing yeah when facebook first started it was like what 2004 or something like that maybe 2003 yeah something like that you had to have a college email right to have an account which that was like right when i started college which i was sort of dating myself but yeah Back then, it was like you could put up like a little status update and it would be like, Jake Reed is. Yeah. And you couldn't get rid of that word is. And you would have to just type whatever it is you were doing. <laughs> and then you would just type it and put it up and then you would be done for the whole day. Yeah. Right. There was like no news feed. There were no smartphones. 
Interesting. So like the beginnings of social media was like kind of innocent in a way. It was like this fun little thing. There was, you know, you couldn't scroll. You would have to like type in whoever your friend was and and find them, find them. Yeah. So it wasn't a big deal, you know, and then, then it became like the phone thing later on. Um, you know, I, am actually not even on Facebook anymore and I totally don't miss it at all, but I do use Instagram like all more than I should. Do you feel like, first of all, do you feel as though it's affecting the creative big time? How so? I remember reading this article a few years ago. It was called like artist as entrepreneur. That was basically like the gist of the article. I forget if it was in like New York times or like the New Yorker or something, Mm -hmm. something like that. But the whole idea was art that we make now. Like if you are an artist now, you are also an entrepreneur, right? Because we live in a capitalist society. We have to somehow make money. How do we do that with our art? right? Right. And you know, back back in the day, if you were with a record label, for instance, yeah, you, your only responsibility was to make the music. Yeah, they would do everything else for you, right? Likewise, some some company like there are some companies that people endorse, right? Whether it's like a musical instrument company or like clothing, right? And in a way, social media has become free advertising for them. Yes, right, because everyone is like, check out my products that I use now. Instead of like the company having to do it, it's like people are doing it for them. Right, you know? right. Um, so that those are a couple of things. But anyway, I was th- thinking about that article because now it's like, yeah, I play drums. I live here in town. And it's like, okay, I somehow have to keep my face fresh to people so that they know that I exist in a right, way, right? Yeah, yeah. Like keep, you have to stay fresh in their mind so so that maybe they'll hire you for a gig, which sounds really silly to say, but in a way it works. Yeah. So that's definitely something I think about. Now, there are some some older uh, musicians who aren't on social media and it's just they just think of you because you've played with them so much over the years. Right. But in a way, it's like it, it is a part of our business now. Like it's the greatest tool ever, and it's also the worst ickiest like time waster ever. Time, yeah, yeah. And it's so it's like a weird. Yeah, it's totally weird to have to to think about. But I feel as though it it is like a necessary evil at this point. And yeah. maybe that'll change someday, and I hope it does. But I definitely feel that now. So, like I feel like I got to put up. Like I had, <laughs> I put up this post a while back that was like, if you did a gig. And didn't post about it. Did it actually happen? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I wrote something similar about like going on vacation. Yeah. If you don't post a, a beach shot, are you actually not going right. on vacation? And so I think the, that, that brings up another interesting thing is like, okay, if you're a musician and you're freelance or not even a musician or if you're an artist or whatever and you're freelance, we use social media for our business, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas most people like I think of like my some of my family members they just put up pictures of them like hanging out with their kids and it's right. like and they have a small little network of people that see their posts and it's like they all comment like oh you know so and so so cute and yeah. or like oh it looks like you're having a good time on vacation and so it's totally positive everything there is cool but you know if you're a freelancer and you're trying to like grow your business right because that's what we're supposed to do but i am curious though how that like instagram just came out it just it just 
in the sense that it, okay, it just, it releases. And then it's up to our society to decide how to use it. And I do feel as though something shifted where businesses were like, okay, everybody's on this fucking thing. And then human beings were like, okay, well, I'm going to have to do that also. Yeah. And like, because people originally, I think, just posted photos of their kids or food or or whatever. But then cats or cats and dogs. (laughs) Yeah. but, But then it became... Well, I think it's just like anything else. Yeah. With art is like at first it's like cool and then again we live in a capitalist society so it's like if someone can figure out how to monetize something they will do it. Yeah. You know. Do you ever post like casual shots or is your Instagram solely like you drumming and your like what's your purpose with Instagram? Uh, that's what? a good question. And I don't even know if this is good or bad. Mhm. I because I don't know if I'm do- even doing it right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But if- I just put up things that I think are fun. Okay. I don't even care if it's like on brand. It seems like everyone nowadays is like, so you have to be on brand yeah, with everything. And, I, it's, I, I and the whole thing is like, you, everyone's turning themselves into their own brand. It's like, you are a walking brand. And it's like, that's cool, but I'm also a human. Yeah, I recorded a podcast about that six weeks ago where literally everybody feels as though they are a brand. You are the product. And it, you are your own product. Yeah, like a human being is not a brand. Like Volkswagen is a brand. Exactly. And it feels as though, yeah. I feel as though Instagram has made people feel as though they have to be a specific way all the time. Right. Because for whatever reason, uh, yeah. like it would be confusing. Right. But and, <laughs> and so maybe that's why I don't have, you know, 100,000 followers or something is because right. I, I don't have like a super curated thing. And I'm not, I'm not posting videos of myself like shredding on the drums. Right. Like there's no, there's no sort of wow factor to a lot of the stuff I post. It's just yeah. me doing what I do. Are there other drummers though that are doing... Oh, big that. time. Yeah. And, and do they have more followers? Or are, they, oh, totally. are they getting more gigs? Totally. You know? I don't know if they're getting more gigs because <laughs> yeah, I, I do know that I never get hired to play you know, a gig because of my ability to play a drum solo. <laughs> right. But do you get gigs from Instagram? For sure. You do? Okay. Yeah. Every once in a while, yeah. It, it, huh. It's weird. Or I feel like peop, you know, some musicians will like see a video of me and comment and then we kind of get a relationship going that way or there i mean i do have one product out that's available and it's a book that i wrote for drums it's called jazz drum set etudes jazz drum set etudes etudes yeah volume one which uh is published by i'm not this is not a plug but it's (laughs) what it is now it's published by alfred music okay which you know it's like a big music publisher and so I have that book like on my website. You can buy it, blah, blah, blah. But right. I do get drummers, like younger drummers, who will hit me up and be like, hey, I picked up your book. It's really awesome. Things like that. So in a weird way, it's like I do connect with people I never would have connected with yeah. otherwise. you know. And so in that way, it's awesome. So Instagram is really awesome for that kind of stuff. Just the other day, I, I connected. There's this... Um, this really great drummer in Italy who I, you know, I saw some of his videos. I'm like, wow, this guy's like, you can tell he's a really great musician. Okay. If it's weird with music. I can tell usually if someone like how they are as a person and a weird, like something about music. It's like if someone's truly playing just how they play, like jazz musicians, especially yeah. instrumentalists, um, you can kind of get a vibe for, for how they are as humans. Well, it's similar to like, 
I heard the same reference with basketball players. Really? Like the way you play basketball on the court is very, um, it represents sort of the type of person you are. It's you, expression. Yeah. In, in a way, it's art. Yeah. You know, just like any other, unless you're like some manufactured pop artist, you know, then who knows. Right. Um, how you actually are. Yeah. So in some ways, Instagram is like <laughs> awesome for that. Like meeting new people, connecting with people. Um, if you do have like products to sell, then yeah, that it's amazing for that. But I do think it, it the other side of that, yeah, all of our information is on some server somewhere. Okay, funny story. <laughs> this just happened. And actually, it's been happening more and more. You ever notice you get like advertisements for stuff you were just talking about? You're literally reading my mind. Yeah. I was just about to say yeah. that. I, like I was just about to say that. So this is like the weirdest story because it's so specific. Right. But I was with uh, Kate the other uh-huh. day in the car. We were driving. Yeah. And I saw like some tree off, just like out of the window. I was yeah. like, what ki- I wonder what kind of tree that is. <laughs> because I didn't know. And she's really good with plants. Right. Like ple- tra- uh, plants, trees, all that kind of stuff. Right. Oh, I wonder what kind of plant that or what kind of tree that is. And she's like, I don't know. And so we just kept driving. And then like literally five minutes later, scrolling through Instagram. Yeah. There was an advertisement for an app for that. You could take a picture of whatever plant oh, that's right. or tree it was. And it'll tell you what it and is. And it will tell you what it is. So my question which is, which I had no idea even existed. And how would, how would, so is the phone, li- is, is the phone listening? Cause well, that's what someone, I'm thinking. Someone told me it's very anecdotal. Like I, I'm sure there's some like empirical information out there on this stuff, but Someone told me that if um, if you have Siri on your phone, yeah. then that's what's listening. It, it always listens no matter what. And somehow that's getting relayed to. Well, somebody has to be media. somebody has to be listening because I was having a conversation. My girlfriend went to a new boxing place, and I asked her how it was, and I called her up as I'm driving somewhere. And I get to where I am, and and ten minutes later, I look it, literally the second. Thing down from Instagram is the boxing place that she went to an advertisement for, and I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, totally that I, happened, yeah. I, but it's just so weird. It's like, how did that? Where did that come from? Well, that's why I think. So, so, I mean, obviously, there's some sort of algorithm that hears it can recognize. It's like speech recognition, or if you have location services on, right? I mean, is Instagram killing the world? Um, well, you know, in a way, I totally get what you're saying, and I I 100% agree with you. What, what, what because it's like killing our souls in a way, yeah, I really think it is. And I I don't know if it's necessarily like a gun, it's it's obviously not, it's not like heroin. No, well, is it like heroin? I mean, I've never done heroin, so yeah, I mean, but But, you're right, maybe it is. In a way, it's like you get that little dopamine shot when you to make a needle reference you yeah. get a little shot of dopamine you know <laughs> like when you well drug references are really good because that's really good for the algorithms algorithms go. love drug references i'm gonna get yeah i'm gonna get like a <laughs> oh my god that, yeah. our phones are right here right now they're listening yeah well i turn mine we'll see what we get let's just yeah. say some random peanut butter <laughs> you're gonna get an ad for jiff yeah we'll see it, yeah. might, it might happen well i yeah i mean but yeah people think well this is a thing you know i i have a lot of yoga people on and they're like oh no it's always been like this you're just full of shit and and i i'm stunned that people don't think that it is 
literally shrinking people's brains and shrinking our potential and shrinking the soul of a human being. Because that's what I think. I, I, I tend to agree with you. Yeah. I really do. Um, the only thing that I'm lacking is actual evidence of that. People don't communicate like you and I are doing right now. Right. Um, they just send gifts and DMs and messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have to use the full potential of their brain. And, and it's just, it's being used in a much more sort of tunnel refined down a very linear specific path. Mm-hmm. And that's why people freak out so much when somebody disagrees with them or somebody cuts them off or something. Right. Because like, whoa, oh my God, I've been in this sort of narrow path. And then all of a sudden, oh my God, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. And that's why there's such a huge... Funny story. I was at a restaurant. It's not actually that funny. It's kind of frightening. <laughs> I was at a restaurant the other night and we sat down at a table and there was a party behind us and they were talking super loud, <laughs> like in a, in a restaurant. And so the person I was with turned around and said, excuse me, could you just please just keep it down a little bit? And the guy like got super mad and he's like, it's a public place. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And I was like thinking, really? Like, because you're in a public place, you can do whatever you want. Like talk super loud. And it's like, I guess, yeah, it's a free country to a certain extent. You yeah. can do whatever you want. Well, but does that make it okay? And And so I wonder if, yeah, part of what you said is just like, if something, yeah, if someone disagrees with you on something now, it's like it, it's like the end of the world for them. You know? Yeah. Well, and people also now feel as though they can do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, just can't talk about. It. It's like it's it's hard to say anything to anyone. Yeah. I mean, even that I notice that with some whenever I have some younger students, sometimes it's hard to give to offer uh constructive criticism yeah. or feedback on what they're doing without them getting crushed hmm. in a way. Are you addicted to Instagram? For sure. You are. I, t- I freely admit that. And, <laughs> I, and as much as I hate it, I don't know how how not to. It's 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 almost like drugs now in a way. And I've never been addicted to drugs. I don't do drugs. Yeah. Um, so what the fuck happened? What's going? Why? I think it's. I mean, I think the thing is, and I've I've again I've like read articles about this because yeah, I am. There is part of me that is kind of academic, so I like to read stuff. And yeah. Listen to podcasts that have you know credible information. Right. And again, like I said, I think a lot of these devices like. And apps, they're designed to keep your attention. Right. It's just like television. It's like the smaller version of... We have TVs in our pockets now. Yeah. You know? Like, the whole point is for you to be on it as much as possible. <laughs> right. That's why they invented the scrolling thing, the newsfeed thing. Hmm. You know? So that you're constantly scrolling Wanted through. to be updated with being, something new. And now, and now we have advertisements on it, which didn't used to be there. But it's just like commercials on television. Yeah. You know? It's just... So just like in your free time or just like you're on the couch, you like what's going, you're just, you have to look at it and see what's new or the yeah, stories or. Yeah. Or like trying to stay competitive in a way, not like actually competitive, but you know, trying to keep up on like, what are the new th- sounds that people are doing? What's, what's the new kind of music that's out there? Yeah. Cause that's part of our job is as a working musician is to like 
stay up on what's happening. What's yeah. the, what's the new thing? Do you feel though it's it's like getting in the way of like your time, or could you be using your time better? Always, yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, that everything you do is a choice. Sometimes I don't know if that's what's so interesting. But do we have a choice? Sometimes yeah. I really don't know if we have a. Cho- I mean, look, ultimately. Right. We do, but then a lot of times I wonder if if we don't. Yeah, maybe we don't. Yeah, it's... Because it is connecting to sort of... It's weird. So, I guess... Okay, I'm just going to say it. I'm 34 now. Okay. <laughs> so... Why was that so true? Well, so the the reason I say that is because I'm one of the last age groups like ages where right. I remember what life was like before the internet even existed. Interesting. Right. Okay. Like people born. Yeah. People in their twenties now won't remember even that. Even a few, like four, I have some friends who are four years younger than me and I feel like we're different generations. Hmm. Like when we hang out, like their understanding of the world, their outlook on how things work in the world is different from mine. Yeah. Because of how we grew up, like with or without the internet. And I lived in, I grew up in Missouri too. So we got everything a lot later. <laughs> yeah. 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 Even. So yeah, I think uh, that has something to do with it as well. And what did, what did we used to do before we had smartphones even? It was like, yeah, you would just hang out. Yeah. You would read a book. You would sit there by yourself and be bored. And that's totally cool. Right. Like it was, because that's just, there was no other choice. Yeah. It's fine. I'll just sit here and be bored. Or I'll just sit here and listen to music and not have to scroll through my phone doing five other things at once, you know? Yeah. In a way, it's like anxiety inducing. Yeah. You know? Does your wife, do you guys talk about it or does she she ever say something to you like you should stop? Well, yeah. And I say that to her too. We're constantly talking about these things to each other because... In a way, it's detrimental, but it's like like we said before, it's sort of this necessary thing if you're a freelancer, and it does it consumes us. Yeah, and I would I would argue that it's not just you know, it's not just us. It's like not something specific to her and I. It's like I would say I would argue it's a large percentage of the freelance community. I mean, I'll. I'll be doing a rehearsal or even yeah. a recording session like where we're getting paid to be there and present and focused on someone else's music. And there's other people. I actually, I don't really do this during like when I'm working, but people are sitting there with their phones. Yeah. Like filming everything that's going on. And it's like, it's distracting. It's not only distracting to them, but everyone else in the room, you know? Yeah. Or like in rehearsals, it's like we're trying to work out how we're going to play something. And someone's over there on their phone, and it's like, "Are you listening?" You know, because well, that's what's so funny. Are you paying attention? <laughs> um, nowadays, when bands are in the studio, you know, one guy's playing guitar, another guy's pressing record, and then the other guy over here is like on Instagram doing shit, and like, like yeah. it, it is affecting sort of the. Yeah. Well, again, like I said, it's become it's like if you do a gig and don't post about it did it actually happen yeah and that's just how people know what other people are doing now it's like how we stay connected is by not communicating with each other but just by posting what we're doing yeah. at that moment well, and it's it's weird it I, don't is know weird. To, I don't know how to fix it i don't know how to get over it <laughs> you, you, know? you feel like a little helpless i know it's just like but I know that when I and, and I'm not laughing at you. I know I'm laugh, I laugh at myself over the whole thing too. It's just funny, like when you put up a video, it's like sometimes it gets, you know, thousands of views and you feel really good about yourself. Yeah. And then you put up a video and it gets like a couple hundred views and you're like, Oh, 
Well, what's interesting is that I paid for, I added, I spent like 15 bucks on one of my videos that I posted like four or five months ago because I wanted to try to get... To boost it. Yeah. Yeah. Ever since I've done that, I've noticed all the other videos that I post don't get a lot of views. And I think it's because they want me to keep spending the money to get more views. Yeah. Those fuckers. I bet it's true, though. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know how it works. And one day we'll all know. One day it'll come out. We'll, who knows where all this is going to go. I mean, I'm sure it'll just go to the next thing. Yeah. You know? I do know for a fact, though, that it's changing our, you know, our self-worth. <laughs> yeah. How we feel about well, it. Well, I, but I feel sad in a weird sort of way. Like, I've gotten really good at just posting and I don't look at anybody else's stuff much anymore. I, I I allow myself to look at one to two photos whenever I go on. Right. And that's it. But I do know... Sorry to cut you off. No, it's okay. But I do know that... Because um, I, again, I like to find things out. I like to know what's happening. So I've looked it up. And, you know, the more that you... I think the way that their algorithm works now... Because, mm-hmm. you know, their, their algorithms change. I know what you're going to say. Let's say it. Yeah. The more you interact with other people, right? The more, the more that you comment and re- reply to people who comment on your stuff, and the more you comment on other people's stuff, the more readily available your photos will be to them. Yep, yep. The more it gets out there, so it it's and I don't. That's so fucked up because I've thought that too. Because I'll post stuff. Yeah. I used to be far more active on it. I barely use it now, yeah. or I I feel as though my photos don't get nearly as many likes as they used to, mm-hmm. and I don't. And I'll even speak to people; they'll be like, "Oh, I never even saw that photo," yeah. because I'm not an active participant anymore. Right. Um. So then I start to think, why even bother using it? That's the thing is, it takes even more of a time investment. Yeah. On your part. Yeah. Or it even work out. Yeah. It's, and it's weird because it's like, okay, well, am I here just to help this giant? social media company make money by selling my information or am I here to like make music and connect with other people on a real human level? Yeah. Right. But then I guess the feedback loop is, well, how do you connect with people in real life? (laughs) You know, if you're not connecting with them on social media anymore, it's, it's a no win situation. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. I don't know. I have no idea where it's going with social media. All I know is that for now, it's a thing that I used to think, like, oh, social media, it's virtual. It's not real. It's a thing. It's a it's a it's an app that exists on a phone in some cloud somewhere. Yeah. But now I think, okay, this is real. It's changing how we do how we do things. It's changing how we feel about ourselves. Yeah. It's changing about how we view other people. Wow. It, it's changing. I mean, it's, it's literally changing the world, uh, which sounds silly of me to say. It's like, no, of course, I, of course it's true, but it's, it's a real thing. Yeah. It's, no, I, I've been saying this. This is why I started the podcast. I've been saying this for the last eight, nine months, and some people think I'm crazy, and then other people uh, agree. I, I, I think the people that are, it's weird. I think like sort of the model types or the people that have used their looks or their body for attention for most of their life don't see any problem with the platform. But people that are introverts, creative, um, have some sort of creative skill, 
are insecure in some regards, they are really impacted by it in a huge way. Mm-hmm. And I think the model types are obviously impacted by it in a huge way, but they're so sort of superficial and caught up in the dopamine and loving that whole world because that's how their life has been for most of their lives. They, they can't even see outside of that. Wow. Yeah, that's true. And I have to say to just to add to that a little bit, I hate saying this, but where I grew up, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, if I talked about myself back in the day, like as a kid, I would get, yelled at you know like you don't talk about yourself you know you know Hmm. brag about yourself don't you don't talk about how good you don't post about video you know that and that's what social media is it's like it's supposed to be check me out completely if you're if you're a, a freelancer it's supposed to be check me out check out what i do hire me call me i need money you know yeah this is what it's here for and that's kind of what it is you know to, Not kind to, of. To that be is blunt what, about it. Yeah. No matter how someone sugarcoats it, that's what it is. And and so for me, it's really weird because I've never been that guy of like, check check yeah, me, me out. Either. Check me out playing the drums. Right. Like, I'm just there to do the gig. <laughs> yeah. And because I like it because it makes me feel good to play right. the drums. I like the idea of being sort of like the bus driver in the band. Um keeping things, you know, like what we do as drummers. It's fun. Yeah. I get <laughs> I get immense amounts of satisfaction out of doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It makes me feel good. Um, but to have to post about me doing that to show other people what I do, to to check me out because everyone so many other people are doing it that I'm getting left behind. Yeah, you feel as though you have to. That's that's where it is, right? And, and and I think by nature, most artists are introverts. They just want to spend their time on their craft and get better at it. Mm-hmm. But this stupid platform yeah. does make people feel like they have to then look good and be a performer yeah. and look a certain way. Talk about yourself. Talk about yourself. Talk about your craft. Yeah. Because if you don't, people aren't going to even know. And that's the other interesting thing about you know Spotify and Napster. You know, they disrupted the music industry so much, and they got you know PR people and A and R people and marketing people all lost their jobs. Mm-hmm. So all of those jobs now are are being conducted by the artists themselves, and, right. and so instead of working on their songwriting or their guitar chops or their band or touring, they they have to spend. If you have 16 hours a day that you're awake, instead of spending 12 of those hours playing, you have to spend four hours playing, four hours thinking. So it's... It's crazy. Yeah. It's it's crazy. And, you know, people... But the, the irony is <laughs> you do that for so long, but then once you get to a certain level, you don't have to do that anymore because <laughs> right. they hire someone to do that. Yes. One of, a couple of our friends are in a great band. I'm not even going to talk about who they are because um, of this little thing I just noticed. They've been doing their own social media for however long. Right. And like now they're like 50,000 followers or something. And they're a good, really great band. But the other day, all their posts were deleted. And apparently it's because all their, like now they have someone doing all their social media for them. Okay. And so everything that goes on their, on their feed has to be on brand. It needs to look a specific way. It needs way. to be all uniform. It has to be like a specific thing that wow. they're going for. So anything that used to be on there, because it just used to be them putting up whatever pictures yeah. and videos, 
they had to all be deleted. Wow. So they have like 50,000 followers or whatever. And they're also following zero people because it also matters who you follow. You know, everything's curated. Everything is, you know, to a T worked out ahead of time. Yeah. It's not just spontaneous like, hey, check out this sandwich I'm eating. (laughs) Right. Or check out this cool little moment from our concert. Well, I think that's why they created stories because that they realized that there's so companies and people that are so brand centric Mm -hmm. and obsessed with how their page looks that stories. Yeah gives people sort of the freedom to do those spontaneous and spontaneous things without worrying about their page. I think that's also, that was Instagram's way of trying to compete with Snapchat. Totally. Well, then they, yeah. they stole Snapchat's yeah. ideas and yeah. basically made a better version of it. Right. So, um, yeah, it's weird though, right? It's like... Yeah, it is. I think um, I think the last like thirty minutes or so, we've proven how fucked up it is and confusing it is for artists who um, realize they want people to hear their stuff. They they want more gigs. They want people to buy their drum video or their book or come to their yoga classes or buy their songs. And they realize people are on it, but. But to really get people to see their stuff, they also need to engage right. with it all the time. And I don't want to waste yeah. my time doing that. I want to write a really great book and I want to write. Well, I think that's a, another challenge is to me, it makes me think, well, okay, well, if, if I want to get more followers, I should just get better at my instrument. You know, I just need to be better at what I'm doing. And then, you know, that way I'll get more, but that's not really how it works. Yeah. You know, or I think, oh, if I want people to listen to me, I should just make something they want to listen to. And I, that way I'll get tons of people listening to my stuff or whatever. But yeah. I don't I don't think that's how it actually works. You know, obviously, it's like it doesn't make you a bad human or well, a bad cre- creative. I think or a bad artist. I think that's how it used to work, but because of our culture's obsession with the visual and if you scream loud or show off at your ass or tits like that, that gets people's attention more yeah. than quality work. Right. And that's always. Yeah, but it's just more so now than ever. Right. Because well, it's, it's immediate. It's yeah. always in our hand. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much we we almost have computers in us. Yeah. It, it's not it's not in us, though. It's on us. Right. All the time. Yeah. It's weird. Well, Jake, it's been really awesome to talk to you. I feel like we could talk about this forever. So just oh, yeah. really quickly, Big though. Time. So the band is called... So just tell us really... So you can be found on Instagram, ironically. Oh, yeah. At Jake Reed Music. That's R-E-E-D and then music. Jake, Jake Reed Music. The band is called Trio Kate. That's one great thing to end on a positive note here, just because I feel like we're confused by the by how to deal with Instagram. Mm-hmm. But technology is amazing. It's t- completely amazing. That's like to be able to record a podcast on an iPad, to be able to live in Alaska, and somebody could email you be like, "Hey, dude, I need drums for this uh, part, this song." Yeah, and like three hours later, maybe even less, you have it done. You email it to them on on the cloud or through Dropbox, and bam, and like incredible. So technology <laughs> on its own is incredible. This is not an anti tech podcast absolutely mind-blowing that we can do that yes you know like 10 years ago 
in like logic to me is amazing and garage band a lot i read this article in rolling stone where like big time artists are recording songs that go on the radio with garage band which is like a free yeah. app one of my friends uh from usc he's a, he has a band called knower his name's lewis cole do you know, have you heard of him no amazing musician like his first couple albums which sound awesome he, he might even still use garage band yeah i'm not sure uh i'm pretty sure he did all of his first couple albums in garage band yeah it's like no it's it's incredible he's killer yeah it's like I, I it think, sounds awesome and you did it on your laptop yeah so in that regards technology is mind-blowing and as an artist it can get you more gigs and so yeah if, if you're living across the world you can jake can record the drums at his house at a studio and within like a couple hours you'll have the drum part wherever you live and that's just amazing so yeah. i just i just think apps and social media specifically have now manipulated our culture where technology is great but it's also it's it's a it's a curse and it gets in the way of of our potential sometimes yeah and i would say it is addictive yeah i think that's the hard part definitely and it's it's very specifically designed that way yeah so yeah i guess the challenge is everything in moderation right including moderation whether it's, whether it's cocaine heroin cigarettes or instagram it's all it's the same kind of, yeah in a way <laughs> one day the, there'll be like a study that says like instagram now proven to be more addictive than heroin <laughs> you know how, that was like a thing with cigarettes yeah yeah cigarette nicotine's more addictive than heroin it'd be like instagram now most addictive thing on the planet yeah um well, thanks, Jake, thank for you. taking the time to yeah. talk. I really appreciate it. And as always, thank you all of you for taking the time to listen to the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. Mm-hmm.